my man, John Jastrzemski, JJ, on the block once again, ESPN Radio. JJ, how are you, buddy? Well, actually, it's good to be back, my friend. And the crazy thing about our last conversation is not only was it in person, but it feels like it was in a different lifetime, my friend. I mean, I'm going to look back on that Syracuse trip, and and let's be honest, that's going to be like the last time I'm on a plane, I'm having fun, I'm at a bar. Like, I mean, it feels like an alternate universe. It really does. I was thinking about that after I texted you today and got you on the show. I was like, man, when J.J. was here and he was in studio, we were hanging, he was going to the Carolina game, and... Tom Brady and the crew ends up coming to that game. It's like it feels like a different universe. It was just over a month ago, JJ, but it feels like five years ago at this point. Insane. Oh, I know. And you don't have to tell me. I mean, listen, I know everybody in some way, shape, or form, whether it's medically, whether it's economically, uh, whether it's your lifestyle, it's just been thrown completely, totally out of whack. I mean, acts, I'm doing shows in the wee hours of the morning from my apartment here in Brooklyn, New York. And I guess the miracle of miracles is that I have not woken up my girlfriend yet <laughs> and I've not gotten any noise complaints from any of the neighbors. But, you know, and that was like when it really hit home. It was that Wednesday when Syracuse played Carolina and had like their best game of the year and like you're all fired up. I knew because of everything going on in the NBA with Gobert and the diagnosis – I don't know if you felt this way, too. I kind of cherished it. I was like, wow, this might be the last time I'm watching a sporting event for a while. It did hit me that night as we're watching Syracuse play Carolina and play one of their best games of the season, by the way. The president is speaking. The Gobert story breaks. The Tom Hanks story broke right around 9 o'clock that night as well. And I'm thinking, you know what? Going into that game, my biggest complaint was that that game started late. And coming out of that game... You know, I I would love to have that feeling again that that was my biggest problem in the world, right? So crazy where we're at. And I'm curious, JJ, somebody in this business, and you've still got some things certainly to discuss that are current events that are present, certainly with the draft coming up. But in a sports mad city like New York, what has sports radio been like for you in the coronavirus era so far? Well, it's a great question, Axe. And I have to admit, when all this went down, my first initial thought is, holy blank, how are we getting through this safely, number one? But then from a selfish perspective, it was, holy blank, what am I going to talk about every day? You know, like it just dawned on me, like I got to fill five days a week of content now because of, you know, the realities of everything going on with our company. Uh, the company asked me to do an extra day, which is on WFN for an hour, and then I'm doing three more hours on Saturday night on CBS Sports Radio, and it's like, geez, I really got to get creative. And you know me, Axe, I'm a a read-react guy. I watch games, I formulate opinions, I I go on the air, and I kind of see where it takes me. Um, What I've been able to do now, and listen, I don't know how much more of this I can do because, you know, I feel like I'm already starting to run out of some ideas, (laughs) but I've gotten very nostalgic in trying to – use a tool of mine that's very good, my memory. I mean, my memory with games that I've watched is is off the charts. And, you know, I've tried to, like, tie in topics that the callers will have a passion for. Like, uh, we ran through the greatest New York sports villains. Um, You know, we ran into who are the best, like, New York free agent signings. And listen, people get really into it. People, I think, really appreciate it. And, you know, it's 
not trying to sound tone deaf in any way, because listen, New York City has been ravaged by this virus. Um, people have lost loved ones. Uh, people are out of work. So, like, uh, in no way am I trying to be sensitive or insensitive to what's going on. But I do believe, Axe, I really do, that people need this sort of stuff. And I know I do. I, I have to be the first one to admit I've been a little depressed. You know, it's been weird for me because the routine, you know, the lifestyle, I, I have it pretty good. So, you know, when you get out of that element, you walk to Starbucks, doing TV, doing radio, watching games, you know, having a, a fun and lively, you know, type of feel to your life. And when that's thrown off kilter, you almost need that back and forth with the audience. It's been very, very therapeutic. Now I'm with you, JJ. I'm fortunate that I still get to do this and, and kind of do it in a normal sense. I get to still come to the studio, albeit it's pretty lonely around here these days. There's only a couple of us here in the afternoon. But, you know, I've heard from listeners and just any sort of normalcy you can bring to the table, I think they appreciate. And the other thing is with content, like it's one thing when it's the middle of August and you really got to get creative, right, and put a show on. But we're all in the same boat here. We're all not watching games right now and have to kind of go through the next level of discussion and topics. And I think the listeners understand that and uh, appreciate the creativity. And, and they've had some great ideas, too. I've put that out to them, and I said, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? Because, uh, you know, <laughs> it's all on the table at this point. But there is something to look forward to. And thank God the NFL draft is taking place, albeit in a unique way. So before we get to the Jets and the Giants, you're you're a fish fan. You got the number five pick, Tua, Justin Herbert, or maybe a surprise. What would you prefer your Miami Dolphins to do there? Oh, actually, this is an easy call for me. I'm all in on Tua. And listen, I would rather see the Dolphins not take a quarterback and on a quarterback than make a pick on Justin Herbert. And listen, I watch a lot of college football. And I know what a lot of people are going to say, you know, the scout types, the people who follow the combine. Uh, Herbert's got mobility, 6'5", he's got a big arm. But, like, I watch the games, and that is, like, one of the big, you know, talking points for me with Justin Herbert. In watching him play, he just never wowed me. He never jumped off the page at me. He never gave off that sort of it factor, that leadership factor, that – factor that you need to have, I think, in order to be a top quarterback in the league. I know there are concerns about Tua. They're fair, they're legitimate, and listen, who knows if five years from now or ten years from now that body's going to hold up, but Axe, you know this, you're a good historian of the NFL. The Dolphins had a choice between Drew Brees and Dante Culpepper, and I think it's fair to say how that turned out. I don't think I can live with the idea of the Dolphins passing up on Tua and seeing him thrive elsewhere. Like that, I would rather see the Dolphins take Tua, see him flame out, and swing for the fences than the idea of playing it safe, ending up with a quarterback who's not as talented and is not as special, and it ends up being like the ultimate nightmare. As a Bills fan, selfishly, I'd rather Miami takes like Jordan Love and he bombs because we're ready to take this division with uh, New England moving on from Tom Brady, but I see what you're saying there. I would rather know. I would rather say we drafted him, we put him through the ringer, we know he can't do it as opposed to what you just said, a Drew Brees situation develops there. So we'll see what happens and what kind of trades and how the draft goes. And there are the Giants sitting there right before the Miami Dolphins at four. And do you trust Dave Gettleman, if you're a Giant fan, to do the right thing here? 
No, I never trust Dave Kettleman. No, 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 no. But, listen, I think when you're picking four, the good news is you really can't screw it up. Like, to me, if the Giants end up taking one of the top top offensive tackle on the board, you can never go wrong with a premium position. I am higher on Isaiah Simmons than most. I know some people are concerned about what his particular fit in the NFL would be, but, I mean, that guy was a freak at Clemson. I mean, he was a linebacker going sideline to sideline. The Giants, for years, have been searching for an answer at that position. Um, This may sound like a little bit of a cop-out answer, but to me it really is not. They take the top tackle or Simmons. I I think they're in a really good spot. I do. Now, looking at the Jets, another team, as we were just saying, that sees an opportunity here in the AFC East, not just with their first-round pick. What, what do the Jets have to come out of this draft with? What are the high priorities? Two things to me. They need a legitimate wide receiver for Sam Donald. They also need help on the offensive line. Now, I think a lot of people actually are going to see Judy and CeeDee Lamb and the buzz around the draft over the last two or three weeks is that Henry Ruggs could even be the guy that is the first receiver selected. I know those three guys are there, but I'm sure you've heard it. And anybody who's followed the draft has, you know, the heard the narrative of how deep the position is with so many different guys. So if one of the four tackles is there for Joe Douglas, I would scoop them up. And then what I would do is I would double down because you got a second-round pick and then you have two third-round picks, and I'd go get two wide receivers and bring them in and surround Sam Darnold with this sort of young talent from a talented pool and a talented group that can help this quarterback grow. But long story short, to answer your question, offensive line and wide receiver, to me, are two premium positions that got to be addressed. J.J., what's the number one missing story? that would be happening right now in New York sports? It's a great question. Um, probably whatever's going on with the baseball teams. Um, I, I don't know specifically. Maybe maybe it's, uh, you know, Garrett Cole in his first couple weeks. Uh, maybe it's what Pete Alonzo is doing as far as an encore. Um, who knows? Maybe it's some adversity. But I would say hands down, at this point, we'd be a week out from the draft, so that would still have a ton of buzz. But I think it would be very, very baseball-related. But if you're asking me, Axe, what I have missed the most over the last month, oh, it's not even close. It was hands down the NCAA tournament. Like, I still can't fathom the idea that there was no tournament this year. Like, it still, in many ways, doesn't seem real. Now is a year in which odds are Syracuse was not going to be there. But regardless, I mean, think about if you're Dayton, or if you're Seton Hall, if you're you know one of these teams that's going through like a special special season, and for it to end as abruptly as it did, I mean it's just it's absolutely wild to think about. It really is. It really, I missed that big time. And now we're talking about the Masters, the draft, NBA playoffs. You know what I miss the most right now, honestly, is the hockey playoffs. I just love every night. The intensity, the war of attrition, Doc Emmerich and his great calls night in and night out. You know, this is usually the all you can eat buffet time of sports, and, and all we have is just a, you know, a couple of chicken wings left on that thing that we got to munch on. So that's what we'll do. We'll make the best of it. We'll keep, uh, 
talking about what we got here on the radio airwaves, and I know you'll continue to do it, not waking up the neighbors there in New York. Uh, continued luck and success to you and getting through this. Hope everybody is safe and happy and healthy, and, and thanks for the time as always, my friend. It's my pleasure to everybody up in central New York. Stay safe, and remember, sooner we get through this, sooner we get some games, and I'm hoping and praying for everybody's safety and hoping and praying we get back to watching and living what we love. Can't get here soon enough. So, enjoyed it, my friend. Thank you, sir. And uh, wise words there, JJ. Thank you, and stay safe yourself, my friend. That's our buddy John Jastrzemski, WFAN. Let's bring him on, ladies and gentlemen. Tyler Lydon back on the block, ESPN Radio. Tyler, how you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you? I am great. It, it's good to hear your voice. It's As we mentioned, hey, listen, the world's kind of crazy right now, but hopefully by summertime, Bayheim's Army will be up and rolling and it kind of gives us something to look forward to. Absolutely. Hopefully. I mean, we're all looking forward to it. I know that's for for sure. Uh, yeah, like you said, it should be fun. Tyler, I'm sure you've watched these games in recent years and maybe had the itch to say I can help this squad out. And, and how you get the shot? How did this all come together? Uh, I talked a little bit to Eric Devendorf about it in the past. And then uh, it's just kind of always been in the back of my mind. And Kevin Belby reached out to me and asked if I was willing to play for him. And obviously... Um, the first thing that came to my mind was like the chance to wear orange again, you know, heck yeah. So I was super excited to do it. And, um, yeah, it's kind of just been in fruition, I guess, for a little bit here, but that's how it started. It's good to hear that, uh, you know, you got the sales pitch there from, and, and Devendorf's been a stalwart on that team. And I'm curious, I mean, look, to wear orange again, $2 million in the shot at that doesn't hurt, but what's, what's the Belby sales pitch like? Take us behind I, the scenes. <laughs> I don't think I was. I don't think I was too hard to uh, sell to that for sure. Just like I said, the idea to wear orange. So once he kind of even brought it up, he didn't have to do much talking. I just immediately jumped on the opportunity. It's interesting because even with the home court advantage last year, they did lose at OCC, and it just goes to show you the level of talent that is playing in this tournament now, Tyler. So I think the fans were happy to hear that you're going to be a part of it because they're stepping up their game a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. No, the, the competition is obviously a very high level and. You know, the skill of the guys is at a very high level, too. So, I mean, it should be a, a ton of fun and, and really good competition. Tyler, you brought up Eric Devendorf, and something that you have been doing is something that he's been doing as well, and that's you know, using this time to get on social media a little bit, do some drills, and give people some things to do and improve their games a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's a big time. I mean, especially for kids. I just want to give kids a chance to get out, and even though they're at home and they might not have a hoop or anything like that, um, just give them the chance to still realize that they can get better and they can be outside doing things as opposed to you know sitting and playing Xbox or video games and being on their phone. So that's uh, that's definitely our whole goal, and that's what we're trying to do um, with what I do now with all the training and. Uh, me and my guys at LMC Athletics. So, um, yeah, we've been trying to get at it. What are some of the, the lessons you've put out there and some of the messages about the, the basics and fundamentals that kids need to know? Yeah, it's really just been about um, simple things, like I said, that they can do at home. Obviously, we talk about things that can get them to the next level and just taking the time to take advantage of being at home. And, you know, we, we try to just stress to them that if they just have a basketball and an area to even if it's just dribbling it. If you just have a basketball and a space to dribble it, you can get better, and that's like the most important thing. So as long as you're still staying at it and staying working and trying to improve, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. So like I said, we've been putting out a ton of excuse me, a ton of videos and a ton of content, um, which everyone can look at our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter page, which is at LMC.athletics, and get an idea. Tyler Lydon's our guest here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. And- 
Tyler, I don't know if you had an opportunity to see it. Uh, last weekend, we were all kind of re-watching that national championship game and the Facebook Live that went with it and all the former players that were chiming in. Did, did you get a chance to uh, experience that a little bit? I, I unfortunately did not. I was not around the house, or I actually didn't even have my phone on me during it, so I was unfortunately not able to watch, which I was pretty bummed about, but... Um, obviously, I heard all the great things that you know how big the Syracuse community was in rewatching it, which is such good news and such a cool thing to hear about. Well, one thing that we've uh, heard about again, and we've re-aired the game even here on ESPN Syracuse, is the 2016 run through the Final Four only four years ago. But you know, the more you get away from that, Tyler, what are the things you really remember about that? Reflect on and, and stick out to you. I think it's just the whole journey, um, you know, coming in and barely making the tournament, getting the 10 seed, and then going all the way to the Final Four. I mean, each and every game, it's like, uh, you know, any, anytime I think about it, I just get a warm feeling inside, and it just brings back kind of those butterflies that I had when I was playing in it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just think about the guys I played with, the different moments that happened, the ups and downs of that year, um, really everything. So it, that was a pretty incredible game, but a pretty incredible season, in my opinion. It was, and look, it, it takes a lot of things to be successful and make a Final Four run, as you know, but how, looking back on it, how motivated were you and, and how motivated was that team by a lot of people saying that you didn't even belong in that tournament? Yeah, I think it gave us a ton of motivation. Obviously, you know, we started out the season really strong, winning Battle of Atlantis and all those different games. It's bigger. You know, we've knocked off a couple of ranked teams and that. So I think we, we came out and realized how good we could be, and then we lost a couple a couple tough games, games that we shouldn't have lost. And it was like, all right, you know, it was kind of a reality check for us. And then once everybody chimes in and tells you how good you're not, you know, they're trying to talk down on you, it just makes you want to prove everyone even more so wrong than you did before. Tyler, interesting news out there in the basketball world. I know you were even tweeting about it a little bit, that the G League's kind of stepping up and they're offering Jalen Green a top prospect, more money, and it just feels like this could be a game-changing moment here. And as you tweeted, if the NCAA doesn't step up here, maybe they're going to lose some of these top talents that are going to go college hoops. Yeah, absolutely. I think the NCAA needs to get on it as soon as they can. Um, you know, I, that's what, exactly what I tweeted about. You know, is they need to get something going here as soon as possible because if this works out for this kid, it's only going to set an example for what other high schoolers can do. And, you know, unfortunately, like what I tweeted about is being a kid, your dreams to play in the league. And, you know, whether you're taking a year to go to the G League or a year to go to college and then you think you're ready to play, it's like, you know, most kids are going to look at the opportunity to make money in that year and they're going to say, why not, you know? So I think the NCAA needs to get on it as soon as possible. It's interesting to think about because, yeah, you can get paid and you're with professionals and you're developing your game. But as you know, Tyler, having played for a couple of years and then moved on to professional ranks, but college basketball can give you a, as big of a platform as it comes. As you know, you made a Final Absolutely. Four run. So it's yeah. an interesting choice these kids are going to have to make. Yeah, I think, honestly, I would not want to be a kid having to even think about it, especially, I mean, the other thing, too, is like how many kids really are going to get the chance. It's probably only going to be the top five, maybe a little bit more kids in the class every year that are going to get that chance. But still, I mean, that's a super tough decision, you know. You know, I was talking about it with Sean Belby a little bit, and it's like, 
if you're a kid and you think you're good enough and you get there and you get exposed, well, now you just missed out on going to college and having your eligibility to play there. And you could have went and did something special and built and became a player that was ready to play in the NBA or the G League. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It really is. As the process stands now, though, you got to play a year or two and then go in. It's something that you did. And Elijah Hughes is the latest Syracuse player that's going through that right now. Uh, what would be your advice to him as he kind of goes through it all be in a different NBA process because everything's delayed right now, but yeah. in general, the process he's going through, what would you tell him? I would just tell him to keep his head down and keep grinding. It can get really, really, really stressful at times. Obviously, you want to know where you're going to go if you're going to get drafted, those different things. and um, It can be super stressful, but just still figuring out a way to love the game and have fun and just continuing to work. I think those are some of the biggest things. Tyler, uh, what what do you, I know we, we were talking about the drills, but uh, boy, what else you've been up to these days in the, the great quarantine of 2020? Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Um, I've done a lot of fishing since the, the season just kind of opened up around here, so I'm big into the outdoors. So um, just been spending a lot of time outside doing whatever I can to stay active, and obviously I've been working out and those sort of things, but. Um, when I'm not doing that, I'm doing whatever I can outside to stay busy and have fun. What's been biting these days? Not, not a whole lot, to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> what are you out there looking know. for? Uh, I've been fishing for trout lately. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There you go. This is fun. So yeah. when, when you go, is it fly fishing, lake fishing? What's, what's the spot you're heading out to? Uh, we actually have a, a stream uh, right by my house that has a, a, a pretty good amount of trout in it um, and some, some private property access that we're able to get on, me and my brothers and stuff. So we go down there. My my older brother fly fishes. Uh, me and my younger brothers, we just take our spin around and go down. I'm still going to learn the whole fly fishing thing, but uh, maybe someday we'll get to that. Well, you got time now, right? I guess we got time yeah, to learn absolutely. a lot of things these days. So. Absolutely. Well, listen, enjoy that and stay safe, stay healthy. We were thrilled to hear you're going to be a part of Bayheim's Army, and we'll talk about that more as we get closer down the road. But uh, thanks for your time and, and your insight today, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you. Anytime. Stay safe.